Hey. It's the Bojack Horse Friends. Hello, uh, my name is Ben, and I'm here with my friend... Ashton Brown. That's Ashton Brown. And we're both big fans of the Netflix series called Bojack Horseman. We are... <laughs> it's true it's a true story this is a very true introduction so far i'm very impressed and so we decided that uh, because we both really enjoy it and it actually kind of resonates with us in a really kind of honest and true way that we should just do a podcast where we talk about it and talk about each episode and some things that we it makes us think about in our lives or in ourselves or whatever um yeah anything to add ashton yeah, I'm hoping that this podcast perhaps gives people that love Bojack some more insight into, you know, how we relate to it, but also people who were hesitant about watching a show about cartoon animals. I'm hoping that it makes them realize that they're missing out by not watching it. It's really hard to explain to people why they should watch this show, because it's really good, but it is animal people making dumb jokes. So. <laughs> This actually immediately relates to the the very first episode, which we're about to talk about anyway, so I'm going to use this very cleverly as a segue. It's that the opening scene in the very first episode is of the the sitcom that the character Bojack was the lead actor in in the 90s in the world of Bojack, and it's all just terrible animal puns, Um, and that's exactly how I think people picture bojack horseman the show yeah like i feel like family guy has not done like has not set up a good world for bojack to exist in no it really hasn't (laughs) even though it might owe some of its kind of existence to bojack sorry bojack might owe its existence to family guy in some ways uh i just think it's a completely different beast entirely oh 100 percent. i mean family guy exists when when family guy was good it existed very much in the world of just you know, making jokes. There was no serious side to Family Guy. There was no even real point that it was making. Whereas yeah. Bojack, although it might use, you know, the cartoon element and certainly the cutaway element that Family Guy and Scrubs before it introduced and made popular, Bojack definitely doesn't exist in the same world as Family Guy in terms of style at all. So basically, if you've never seen Bojack, it's about a horse that lives in a human world where animals and humans all have human characteristics and exist coexist together normally. And he is basically a celebrity that was really successful in the 90s doing like a, a, a family, I guess, sitcom. And now he's a little bit more washed up in his career and he still holds on, well, he wants to hold on and relive the fame that he once had. And he also wants to move beyond it as well. Yeah, so absolutely. He's kind of held back by it. He's, he's propelled by it and held back by it at the same time. It would be like if um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was still in the spotlight today <laughs> <laughs> or if he was rich and famous and living a very sad existence which may be true i don't know I, I mean i spent a lot of time when i was a kid watching really trashy family sitcoms because it was like a pre-internet world and i didn't really have a choice um i didn't have a lot of siblings around or anything like that so uh it was just basically my way of keeping busy and, and having company the two that really stick out to me are of course full house ah uh, full house uh which was simultaneously incredible and probably one of the worst shows ever made that was the definition of 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 90s sitcoms though wasn't it for oh, 100 percent. yeah like uncle joey 
and Uncle Jesse and the dad, played by Bob Saget. The other one that I really remember is Step by Step. Do you, do you ever watch Step by Step? Oh, yeah. Is that the one that um, has the roller coaster intro? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> step by yeah, Step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starring yeah, Patrick yeah. Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. And oh, it had like the so cousin bad. who lived in a trailer on the property or something. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I think I was probably more into Step by Step than Full House, but I definitely I definitely watched both. So I, I guess like that familiarity in that opening scene, that like cold open of, of the first episode is so good. Then we lead into, uh, is it the interview next? Yes, yes, With a yes. guy and he's like, life really just is a kick in the urethra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So episode one basically starts with the Full House style show that he was in and then cuts to an interview of him in the modern day reflecting on that show because that's all anyone wants to talk to him about even tw- you know 15 20 years later you know there's that line that comes up particularly through episode one is hey aren't you the horse from horsing around and you know i was trying to think what new zealand's hey aren't you that guy from that show uh, new zealand equivalent is and it has to be shortland street i mean if like chris warner yes he, i was gonna exactly <laughs> no, was no gonna one's say. gonna be like hey aren't you that guy from that play that i saw in 1999 <laughs> we actually had that experience at one of your shows remember one of our shows there was a, 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 a ex-shortland street actor there I can't remember the character he played. Oh, Lionel. Yeah, yeah, Lionel. John, uh, Johnny, my yeah. mate Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody was like, it's Johnny from Shortland Street. It's Lionel from Shortland Street. Lionel from Shortland Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From Street. yeah um, and he's like, I haven't played that in, in, in 10 years. Please don't call me that. And I knew him more so as Sparky off Outrageous Fortune. Yeah, of um, but of course, now I know him as a human being, um, but I still go to call him Sparky whenever I see the dude. Well, it's that double thing, isn't it? It's like you're, you're, you're living in their world to them, you know, like you're their friend because you've kept them company and you've you've been so close to them. And if they never manage to make that that kind of differentiation between, well, actually, they're just doing a job and it's not like you would go up to the pizza guy who delivers your pizza in the middle of the street and be like, hey, you're the guy who delivers my pizza. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it's It's an unusual profession. But it's also this thing that, like, you know, everyone's shitting on horsing around um, in in the show BoJack, and, you know, that did essentially make the entire dude's career. It paid for his house. It, it, It gave him everything that he he that is familiar in his life now but when you get beyond that it's so easy to look back and be like i'm so above that now that's so below me you know Mm. well i think every artist has that like when you no matter what your art form is but if if a painter paints something and then 10 years later they look at a painting that they did 10 years ago they're going to be like what was i thinking oh my gosh you know take the killers for example the 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 big their big song um Somebody Mr. Brightside. Told me or Mr. No, Mr. Brightside, Brightside yeah, right. Yeah. Like Mr. Bright even their first album, Hot Fuss, amazing. But then now they you can see clearly Brandon Flowers was just like, Oh, I want to move away from that poppy Which, crap, blah blah blah. In their case in particular as well, um, they peaked with Hot Fuss. Mm. So what do you do when your best thing is your first thing? <laughs> well they I mean the thing is they could have they could have tried to grow, but instead he just burnt everything to the ground and decided to start again. I see something very similar with a band like Muse, that, you Mm. know, the first half of their career, in my opinion, is significantly better than everything they've done since 
you know, the resistance was sort of the turning point, I guess. Um, and now I go to listen to them and I'm offended that I used to like them so much because it's such <laughs> garbage now. <It's> so <laughs> all right, all right, let's move on. So Bojack fucks up the interview and he was like, am I nailing this? I'm nailing this right. And it's like that feeling of he is so up his own ass that he talks about being drunk, driving drunk, being kicked in the urethra um, and just generally shows his awful self and is still like hey i think i'm doing pretty well which i think is yeah, really, yeah. It really sets up his character because i don't think he actually when he reflects on it he's the kind of person who will be like oh god what did i do and then he'll get bad feedback about it but he'll still remain like no 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 so yeah we've set up the content we can set up the concept we've set up the the character and beautifully within the first few minutes and then we get the intro which is one of the greatest intro intros in the history of television absolutely from the music to the the way that we sort of follow bojack with that camera directly on his face mm. you know so the camera's static essentially in the background's moving around him as he moves through this party landscape and it's again starts to give you some insight into what you want to expect with the series because you've got this picture of this close-up on bojack and he's getting slowly more drunk and sad and in the background, there's just all this goofy, crazy, weird stuff happening, which sets up the tone of the show. You're going to have a lot of goofy, funny, dumb shit happening, uh, but you're also going to be watching the breaking down of this of this man. And and so much of you know Bojack, even from the opening scene, is setting up a premise that sort of is constant through all. Is it five seasons? Mm. Um, through all five seasons is that you know this idea of the humanity or the human face behind the celebrity not just the thing we see on the screen but the 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 mental health and the and the issues that go along behind the scenes of what it is to be a celebrity and and a successful person i guess yeah exactly i want to talk about a little bit more of that in a second but we learn very quickly that bojack is uh supposed to be writing a memoir and he goes and talks to the head of Penguin Publishing. Uh, and I, I love the irony that the head of Penguin Publishing is a turtle. I enjoy that very much. No, wait, is he? No, he's a that's penguin. Not, no, he no, is a penguin. That's not Turtle Tub. Turtle Tub's okay. the producer. Um, <laughs> so he goes to see the penguin who is the... <laughs> okay, whew, starting again. He goes to see the head of Penguin Publishing, who is in fact a turtle, which is the kind a of... A penguin. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's all in the name, Bloops. Then. Bloops. <laughs> He goes to see the lead publisher of Penguin, who is in fact a penguin, which is the sets the tone for what we can expect uh, to be consistently laid out, but also uh, subverted throughout the series, which is fun. We learn that Bojack's already spent his advance, which I don't believe because I'm pretty sure the dude is so wealthy he could easily pay it back. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he clearly just really wants to get his memoir done, but he's really struggling with it, uh, which I feel deep in my core because I'm currently supposed to be doing my thesis and oh. <laughs> and then the, the the anxiety as a creative person or as a writer around doing the thing you want to do and fulfills you most and you know still 
leaning towards the not doing it side of things. I mean, a good example of this is, Ben, how many weeks has it taken me to commit to doing this podcast? (laughs) I mean, I wanted to do it from the moment you brought it up, but my anxiety about doing it suddenly becomes you know, the the thing that's getting in between me and actually doing it. And that's just a fun podcast, not like a thesis that you're talking about <laughs> or, or Bojack's memoir. Yeah. Um, so it's a very real, relatable thing. You know, the, the main, as RuPaul would say, you're in a saboteur. Even though you know it's the one thing you get most fulfillment from, it's also the thing you put off doing the most. And and coming back to the, the Penguin from Penguin Publishing, um, I noticed as well, this is voiced by the amazing Patton uh, Oswald. Dude, he's um, so good. Oh, he's so good. And it's his second, I mean, we're only five minutes into the episode, and it's the second character that he's voiced within that time, because he's also voicing the, the interviewer at the very beginning. Patton Oswald's ability to create character with his voice is so almost to me at odds with the person that he presents in the world. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if that yeah. makes sense, but he just he's this larger than life character. He has a very distinctive voice to begin with and um he's obviously an intelligent guy, but his ability to create those two disparate so distinct characters, the very serious interviewer and then they're like, "Oh gosh, what's going on?" Yeah, yeah. Penguin guys. So and, good. And- What's even more impressive is that he actually has an extremely recognisable voice. I mean, you can't imagine Gilbert Gottfried doing <laughs> a variety of characters. No, <laughs> you do one very well, but yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. Right. I mean, once Iago, always Iago. <laughs> and I, I love that character, the penguin. The penguin is so clever with the jokes that they're making because it was very timely. About obviously, books have kind of had a renaissance since then, but. It was. It really was like that for the book industry for a while. I finished my degree in English and drama when it was 2010. And at the time, I was like, you know what? I really want to go into publishing. I'd love to be an editor one day. So whatever I could do in that industry would be awesome. And so I began emailing and I, I tried to call people, left voicemails, and I just heard nothing back. Even I had like a connection through my mum who knew somebody who worked in publishing and I was like hi there I've heard you know you work in publishing I'd love to know a bit more about it like how I could get involved and they were like I guess it depends on what you want to do I'm in this part of publishing so it's not easy at the moment or something and I was just like I guess I could be a teacher so So I did that for four years and um, how fulfilling is it being a teacher when you don't want to be one, Ben? Oh, it's honestly, one, oh, yeah, I don't want to get into that. That's a, that's a <laughs> no, whole other podcast. Yeah, that is another podcast that no one wants to listen to. <laughs> um. <laughs> so we learn Bojack's fucking up and, and, and um, the Penguin guy's like, you should get a ghostwriter. And he's like, I'm not going to get a ghostwriter. Oh, I'm not going to get a ghostwriter. <laughs> uh, and then um, we go back and we see Bojack back at his house and uh, we meet the inimitable... Todd, who is a completely different character to the Todd that we meet even a season later, even at the end of the season. And he's even uh, Aaron Paul, who voices Todd, who you probably most know of Breaking Bad, um, playing um, science bitch Jesse. He's still finding his Todd voice, and it's so different than it is even a season later, but so is the character. When we first meet Todd, he's sort of this cliche stoner type. Mm. And he develops into this character that is, you know, that he becomes such a fully realized character. There is something about Todd that I, I, I do feel like they definitely 
the writers probably saw his change as it came rather than as having it as planned out as I think mm. probably Bojack's was. But yeah. I, and I think that's reflected in, in Aaron Paul's voice acting as well, where Bojack was so fully realized. And to be fair, I don't think, I don't think Will Arnett stretches too far. No, I don't Bojack's think he does voice. either. I don't think he does. It, it, he, he nails it from the moment he speaks. 100%. And his, his connection to the character, is it, it, it's got no need to develop because it's perfect from the moment he talks. But you're right. It is very much Will Arnett voicing a cartoon horse is Will Arnett voicing a cartoon horse. Yeah. But I, I think Todd's voice is a little bit more, there's some, there's some more artistry in it. I feel because of the, it's not necessarily that he changes his voice for Todd, but it's that he changes his cadence and rhythms and pacing yeah. and, and, in such a in such subtle ways that it creates something entirely new, which is really cool. He's such a fantastic character to take the role of Bojack's best friend mm. in in the way he compliments Bojack in terms of you know Bojack is almost the worst in what we see in ourselves, and Todd is you know perhaps the best in many ways. But both of them come yeah. with their <laughs> b- 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 not maybe not the best is the wrong term, but then this this full spectrum to their personalities still. Well, I think that we'll come back to Todd in a minute um, because I want to talk about somebody else as well. Uh, but before we get there, uh, I do want to talk about the about Bojack watching his own show again. He's sitting there and he's watching he's watching horsing around, and Todd comes in. And he's like, "Are you drunk?" He's like, "I'm a twelve hundred pound horse. It takes a lot of beer to get me drunk." <laughs> and it like pans out to all the beer bottles. He's like, "Yes." But the, the him kind of making Todd watch horsing around reminds me of like the first time that we hung out. <laughs> is, is this is, are you bringing up no I don't want to mention now? the name I'm going to bleep the name out but <laughs> why <laughs> I don't know why but I just received the DVD version of a of a show that I had been in uh, a movie a full feature length oh it's so long musical that I had been in and I was I just knew that you'd be the perfect person to watch it with even though we had only like hung out twice before fuck it was so funny listening to you just consistently tear me and everyone else apart <laughs> um uh just uh it really reminded me of that moment but except that bojack i think was unironically enjoying his own show yeah yeah and and seconds later you know there's a cutaway and <laughs> He's he's having sex and he's actually got horsing around on in the background. He's looking past <laughs> the woman that's straddling him to watch his own show, and then he climaxes at the terrible punchline of the episode of Horsing Around, which is a beautifully unsubtle metaphor to the arrogance of totally. you know certain level of celebrity that he he's not enjoying the sex until he can make eye contact with his character on the screen. <laughs> so then uh, we go to. The, the restaurant that becomes a mainstay of the of the of the show in its entirety um, and he gets broken up with by Princess Caroline PC I love that yeah. woman she's amazing she's, she's probably one of my character. favorite characters yeah. yeah so her and Bojack uh, have obviously been together and she's just kind of over it and there's a great gag about um, her being being like, I never said I, I never said I didn't want kids. And he, she was like, it's not about what you say. And then you see him, kind of roll a crib into the into the middle of the street <laughs> when he sees a child uh, and, and runs away. And then as he runs off with the 
baby's pram, someone yells, aren't you the horse from horsing around? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, that's good comedy. It's like when people have seen my naked insurance ad and they think they're the first person to say, it's weird to see you with your clothes on. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is weird to see you with your clothes on. But yeah, but that was... For other bef- reasons. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, Ben, you thought that before the ad. Um, <laughs> but it is one of those things, again, that people comment on because it's the excitement of seeing someone off the tally in real life, mm. and that's all you exist as. And I'm talking about being in one ad, not an actual level of success, so I can't imagine what it's like to be an actual celebrity. And Totally. I'm going to completely change tack here because I want to keep going through the show. Um, but... PC and Bojack break up. Um, Princess Caroline, who is his girlfriend slash agent, which is a great idea, obviously. His relationship with peace, with women in general throughout the entire season is actually really painful to watch. Yeah. Because I, I grew up with very strong women in my life. Like, it's, it's a big anxiety, a big source of anxiety for me is that I would ever be, you know, a, a, a toxic, misogynistic man. I really, really never want to see that in myself so seeing someone like bojack who i in some ways relate to and in other ways really really don't like you know he's famous so i definitely don't relate to that part. <laughs> but seeing him treat women so badly so consistently throughout the series is, is really hard to watch i think for me yeah Yeah, I think so too, and it's a credit to the writing as well that Bojack is this character who does these awful things and and treats women in in these such abhorrent ways, yet he's still the lead character and they still make us root for him throughout it. Yeah, but it's those moments of him trying to do better. Yeah. That is what you're rooting for. Oh, absolutely. This this has just kind of come to me, but I I watched the show You on Netflix. Have you seen it? Yes, I've watched five seasons of You. So the protagonist in You is awful. (laughs) He's just awful. And having insight into his mind and his working the way it works has given him this huge fan base and the fact that he's you know kind of an attractive dude it's given him this huge fan base and again you can see it in uh, Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov as well to go a little bit more wanky on you where there's this terrible person doing terrible things but when you read it you can't help but identify with not identify but empathize or sympathize with that person rather and I think what Bojack does very well is that they never set up Bojack to be somebody who you want to emulate. No, they never set God up Bojack no. to be somebody who you 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 don't you sympathize with him and you empathize with him, but you never think, oh, it's okay that he's that way. No, not at all. And you always want him to be better because you want to like him, but you can't quite. Yeah. Um, and I think it comes down to that. It's one of my favorite quotes. I say it any chance I get um, in terms of, you know, you mentioned um, Lolita and you and of course Bojack is that no one is a villain in their own storyline. Yeah. But the thing is, Bojack kind of is. <laughs> yeah. And and I think, I think it's what does that and what makes it work so well is that Bojack's justifications for what he does are always terrible. He never has a good justification for his behavior. It's always portrayed to us as a bad justification. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas I think in in you especially, it, it, everything he does is justified so well to himself that we're taken along 
for the ride. Absolutely. And and people find themselves rooting for, for that character in you, even though when you step back, or even you don't even have to step back, it's right in front of you. He's he's horrendous. Yeah, he's, he's a really bad man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's nothing overly... Re- there's nothing redeeming about him. No. In fact, everything he does is so self-serving that there is actually no like, oh, but he's also this, yet we still root for him. And that's the danger, I guess, of a show like you, yeah. is that we are rooting for him against our better judgment. And, and, and he is misogynist, but he's his misogyny horrific. is hidden within this this fake caring yeah. Like this thing of oh I just want to I would just want to take care of this person I just want to make them feel good and look after them. His caring is is pseudo, um, like forced. Uh, it's all it's just misogyny with a different coat on. Yeah, it's just misogyny with extra steps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we we then um, Bojack well Todd throws a party at Bojack's house because. He got in trouble with a Mexican gang and needed <laughs> Which a place. Todd's always in trouble with his side storyline, no <laughs> oh. matter what's happening in the central focus, Todd's side storyline is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and so he needs a place to throw a quesanera for a Mexican gang boss's daughter. <laughs> Excuse my pronunciation of quesanera. Forgive it. Thank you. So he, he, he kind of convinces Bojack through sheer force of will to throw that in his house and we, we enter the party. Um, and we meet probably one of the greatest... No, I'm going to say the greatest character in the show, which is... Yeah, he's, he's my... I, I also, when watching it, commented how much I love this character. Mr. Peanut Butter. I, I, I took a while with Mr. Peanut Butter to grow on me. Mr. Peanut Butter is a golden Labrador uh, slash human, <laughs> and he is indomitably... He is unwaveringly optimistic and positive, <laughs> and just like the opposite to Bojack in so many ways and uh, there's a line which is Bojack says uh, he's so stupid he doesn't realize how miserable he should be yeah yeah <laughs> which I think says a lot more about Bojack than it does about peanut Mr. Peanut Butter and all the stuff that Mr. Peanut Butter can do so effortlessly drives Bojack so insane because like you see Mr. Peanut Butter walking around the party and he's friends with absolutely everyone um his ability to schmooze so genuinely you know know, makes Bojack go insane because the thought of Bojack even having a conversation with someone who he might be able to you know that he probably needs to befriend for the sake of a career advance or something you know, Bojack hates the idea of that, whereas someone like Peanut Butter can do it so genuinely that it's not schmoozing, it's just being likable. Yeah, it's just being himself. Like, Yeah, exactly. And, um, I think we did actually skip ahead with the party because there was the anxiety attack. Yes, there is the anxiety attack. Okay, let's quickly go back. Bojack talks about uh, his... Bojack... PC calls Bojack and is like... He's like, I thought you weren't talking to me. And she goes, oh, that was me as your girlfriend. I'm your agent now. That's um, right. Which, um, which you know, I, well, one of the reasons I stopped dating actresses um, <laughs> is because when you break up and you're still pretending to run an awful theatre company together, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the whole dating someone that you work with is not a great idea in my opinion. Yeah, it worked for me, but we don't work together anymore. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> And you're not both, you know, uh, 
creatives in the same field. Yeah, exactly. We work very way, different. You know, yeah, can be two actors dating. In my opinion, some people make it work, and I just don't. That's why me and Ben have never dated. So he talks about his dream role being the great racing horse secretariat, who is fictional, uh, I think, but uh, he is this kind of larger than life character who was just effortlessly charming, but also really struggled with mental health. And that's who Bojack sees as the epitome of a role to play. For me, my dream role has always been Riff Raff in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ah, yeah. I've still never seen Rocky Horror. You've not seen Rocky Horror? (laughs) Oh, dude, you've got to come watch it with us. Yeah, we'll set up a Rocky Horror um, viewing party. Uh, We can get dressed in drag and stuff if you want. I'm in. Sweet. Um, Riff Raff is everything I love in a role because it's like, it's kind of an ugly role kind of over the top but and, and the the singing is intentionally kind of off and and it's just so much fun i find it really interesting that both our sort of dream roles even though neither of us are uh, a musical theater performers really by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> um because my dream role is is judas from jesus christ superstar yeah. and th- th- i mean that's so odd to me that both our sort of dream roles are from musicals when we spend little to no time working on anything to do with that craft that's whatsoever. a good point <laughs> i think i think the thing about musicals is that they they're so broad and varied but if you think look yeah. at the two musicals that we're talking about Rocky Horror is probably the furthest the furthest thing from a straight musical you can get absolutely yeah and Jesus Christ Superstar is kind of a rock opera more than a musical yeah 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 but the the two characters as well are kind of these dirty kind of like (laughs) (laughs) grimy which it does explain our maybe our attraction to Bojack Horseman the show as well yeah yeah and the character um so they have that conversation about wanting to play secretariat and Princess Caroline is like, oh, you know, maybe if you actually did some work, people might remember you. Yeah. And then he has an anxiety attack. Yeah, which, you know, this is all episode one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's like 40 minutes since episode one. And there's, I mean, no, but also in terms of the things that they're covering in episode one, when I was watching it, I was like, I don't remember him having like a full anxiety episode so early on in the show. I didn't um, remember him being hospitalized. No, I know. In the first and he, he literally thinks he's dying, which if you've ever had an anxiety or panic attack, no matter how many times you've had them, it's always the one that's going to kill you. Um, <laughs> and, and the way they do it, it's it's not ever making fun of that. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Like, y- you get the sense that he is serious about it. His anxiety attack is serious, but what triggers it is ridiculous. Yeah. And that, that's what I love so much. Um, and he has a, what the doctor calls a mild, uh, anxiety attack. And he says, well, if that's mild, I don't know what spicy feels like. (laughs) Amazing joke. That's such a good line. And then no one laughs and he's like, that was a salsa joke for those (laughs) of Um, which is obviously anxiety is something that we have in common. Uh, we're both medicated for anxiety. And so it, it was super relatable. And then Bojack gets a phone call and ha- immediately has another anxiety attack. <laughs> yeah, which again, I can 100% relate to. Someone calls you on the phone and that will immediately trigger my anxiety. Um, and I, I don't, I can't remember how this fits into chronologically in this episode but there's a bit where um bojack is really struggling with the idea of being quite overweight um Mm. and you know although it's quite comical itself in the episode it it was such a poignant thing for me to again 
re relate to, you know, someone who has ongoingly for all of my adult life struggled with being overweight. And I like the fact that usually when male characters uh, are fat, they're, uh, that's the whole point of their character, is that they're fat. They're not a character who happens to be fat or happens to struggle with their weight. They're a fat character. And I really like in Bojack that that's not the defining feature of him, because I like to think that being overweight isn't my defining feature, believe it or not. Um, and and I don't really know where this ramble's going, but I really liked it. He he was a dude that happened to be overweight or struggle with his weight, his perception of himself. But yeah. it wasn't... How, we don't think Bojack that fat, funny character at all. And I think no. that's what makes Bojack so interesting is that he is this multi-layered, you know, human horse man exactly and he has a really unhealthy relationship with food which i i, I know many many people can relate to absolutely um, and that develops as well again and, and it carries through the entire season which mm. is which is which is really brilliant it's it's um i'm just going to quickly mention this without going into it too much it's really good to see these issues dealt with even immediately in episode one without them being patronizing or preachy in any way mm. Because so often it's like, this show's about struggling with mental health. Let us talk down to you through the characters for the next 28 minutes. Um, and yeah. Bojack is not that. No, it's not like, uh, what was it, 13 Reasons or something, you know? Uh, 13 like... Reasons Why, which then up to season 48, I think, now. Oh, they, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds about right. I think that alternate between those and, and Rocky movies. Yeah, The Expendables is actually doing a crossover episode with 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> <laughs> I would 100% watch that. 13 Expendables Why. 13 Reasons You're Expendable. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so we get to the party. As well as Mr. Peanut Butter, we also meet um, Diane, who might I be yeah might be my favorite character voiced yeah. by Alison Brie a fantastic actor a fantastic voice actor and and again she's not reaching too far for her Diane no. voice but just nails it no not nails at all completely. but it's perfectly placed with you know it's so real the yeah. way she does it I, I think Diane is such a amazing character there's a moment where the Mexican gang boss says to Todd that uh, after the party goes off without a hitch and he says you have made a powerful ally for life uh, and I <laughs> <laughs> really wish that had paid off at some point later in the series, but it doesn't. So Diane has this kind of out loud internal monologue where there's no kind of filter between what she's feeling and what she's saying. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that what she says about parties, it got me thinking. I was like, is there anyone that isn't anxious at parties? Yeah, Like I thought yeah. it was just the thing that we all do because we feel like we have to, but secretly we all hate them. Or are there people that genuinely don't get anxious about the thought of being in a room with people? <laughs> I have enjoyed parties before. Like I've had parties where I've enjoyed them, but for the most part, I don't remember enjoying them. Yeah, um, because you know <laughs> alcohol abuse is a thing. So yeah, yeah. we meet Diane, and they they start to talk about how she he he's struggling to write his what do you call it his uh, memoir, and she yeah. says, "Well, actually, I can help you with that." Turns out she's the ghostwriter that the Penguin wanted to set Bojack up with, and they end up having an agreement that she's going to help him write the memoir. And he immediately f falls head over heels for Diane in that moment in that first conversation. He falls head over heels for the idea of Diane, for oh, the, absolutely. the concept he knows of a woman who might be as damaged as he is. Uh, absolutely. It's, she talks to Bojack immediately in a way where it's just, they connect on yeah. such a, a cool level. And then finds out 
straight away that he she is of course Mr. Peanut Butter's girlfriend. Yes. Um, and he, there's a beautiful exchange where he's like <laughs> you're you're attracted to this. <laughs> Your penis has been inside of that vagina. <laughs> so stupid. I actually uh, I wrote here that Peanut Mr. Peanut Butter actually doesn't remind me of you in a lot of ways because he's of just me. Yeah. Because there are times when he just says ridiculously things that are like borderline <laughs> offensive, but he's so earnest and charming that people are just like, oh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> you know, the same thing could come from my mouth and people would be like, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? <laughs> I've never thought about that aspect of me and Mr. Peanut Butter because, of course, I always am like, oh, I'm so much like parts of BoJack. But you're right. I have always had this ability to make a joke that if someone else made, they would be like, what the fuck is wrong with yeah. that Ben guy? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> especially me because my I have a bit of a you know deadpan approach to things. Let's That's just put a it really nicely. nice way to put that. <laughs> 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 um, I have resting sarcastic voice, um, and so yeah, I uh, yeah I, I, there was something about Mr. Peanut Butter in this in this rotch through that I, when I was thinking about you as we were as I was making notes for this I was like ah oh, you know what actually there's something of him in there um, <laughs> I, I've never personally uh, connected with Mr. Peanut Butter because I think and I think the reason why again the writing is so good is because we all have a Mr. Peanut Butter in our life that we sort of look at from Bojack's eyes. Yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, and this is what I, I, I wanted to come back to this when, uh, in terms of the, the three kind of main male characters in this movie. And it's Bojack in this show, sorry. There's Bojack, it's Mr. Peanut Butter, and it's Todd. Yeah. And obviously Bojack is the, uh, is the lead character. But when you start to look at Mr. Peanut Butter and you start to look at Todd, what you start to realize is that the show is really told from Bojack's perspective. In fact, Bojack is almost an, an unreliable narrator. Yeah. And you, you start to question, as the show progresses throughout its seasons, and you start to learn more about these people, you start to feel like it's not just you learning more about these people, but it's actually Bojack learning more about these people. Yeah, yeah, Everything absolutely. is through his lens. And then we come back to that line where Mr. Peanut Butter is so stupid he doesn't realize how miserable he should be. Yeah, yeah. And, like, when I was younger, when I was, like, a teenager, 16, 17, I remember having those thoughts where at some point I said out loud, I wish I could just be stupid and be happy mm. working, a, like, a menial job, which is just the fucking cuttiest thing to say. <laughs> and, I'm like, it's, it's an awful thing to say. How do I know if those people are happy? Yeah, How do yeah. I know if those people are smart? Like, and I, I'm actually dumb as fuck like a lot of the time i do some stupid ass stuff like i have my strengths and i have my weaknesses and i think everybody has strengths and weaknesses and as mr peanut butter's life progresses we see his strengths and weaknesses and as todd's uh, life absolutely. progresses we see his strengths and weaknesses mr peanut butter becomes much less of an idealistic character as bojack gets to understand him and his struggles more yeah it, it, it's um it was a, a really poignant moment, I think, um, for me, because it was recognizable, that, that mm. line, that line in particular. I've come a long way from there. Unfortunately, it didn't take me becoming, you know, like a, a, a miserable 50-year-old <laughs> <laughs> in Hollywood to get there. So. Um, 
you know, it just struck me, you know, the main, one of the main things I love about the show is that we're talking in depth about a character called Mr. Peanut Butter, and we're talking about it as though it's like this real world figure, and it's like... Who's a Labrador? <laughs> voiced, voiced by the amazing Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah, of course, um, we haven't mentioned Paul F. Tompkins yet. Um, and I also noticed we didn't mention with PC... Um, uh, Amy uh, Sedaris. Amy Sedaris, yeah, Sedaris. yeah. And these are all amazing improv artists from America. Voice acting has become more—I don't want to say mainstream, but like more acceptable in the adult world, shall we yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. Well, just like animated animated shows have. Yeah. Uh, voice acting is like I've always said. You know, the one thing I hate about acting is that people, if you're successful at it, people know who you are, and yeah. that's why my. my if I could pick one career goal, it would be to make a living of voice acting. Because, oh, be you know, actor. to not have my face and stuff, but to still be acting is the dream for me. For someone with anxiety, that's like the performance dream. I also just enjoy doing dumb voices constantly. Oh, like, so it much. drives Eden insane, my girlfriend <laughs> Eden insane, and um, I'll never stop. When we get to that that concept of... Um, Mr. Peanut Butter versus Todd versus Bojack, we start to see these three distinct kind of things happening where Bojack has opportunities and continually messes them up. Mr. Peanut Butter has opportunities and continually dives into them headfirst and will find his own opportunities when nothing comes up. And then Todd just lives like a pinball, like just existing (laughs) from moment to moment and seeing whatever happens, happens. And so those three approaches to life become this really interesting triad to watch as these three men try and go about existing in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the last thing that I really wanted to talk about was Mr. Peanut Butter again, because I could just talk about him forever. He is, in this, in this episode anyway, he's a representative of Bojack trying to find something else to blame for his own misery. Yeah. Mr. Peanut Butter was also in a very famous TV show in the 90s. Called, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it called Dog's Mr. House or something? No, Mr. Peanut Butter's House. Mr. Peanut Butter's House, which yeah, is about which a is dog. Which is a direct rip-off of <laughs> what Bojack <laughs> was in. Which is about a dog who gets three orphans and has to look after them. Uh, or is it twins or something? I don't know. And so he, he's this perfect mirror of Bojack. And mm. Bojack's kind of the evil side. Um and when I was when I was younger again, like it was very common of me to try and find somebody to blame for my misery. Yeah. Like I was I was upset and I was an anxious person. I had depressive episodes and I overthought everything. And it was really hard for me to to ever accept that I was the one at fault. To exemplify this, there was a time where I went to a, a person's birthday party and I got really really drunk. Like upsettingly drunk like we went out to this person's house and they had like a uh, a tree house and i jumped in the tree house and was like oh, i'm a pirate yar like yelling at everybody like the whole family's on the lawn staring at me and then we were like okay let's leave they ordered a cab they were like let's go to town i was like yeah let's go to town and so they like <laughs> ordered a cab and i was like Ugh. and then the cab arrived and there was only enough seats and only have seats for them and i was like wait what who's gonna stay behind and they were like yeah you sh- you should go home and they all got in the cab and just left me there. <laughs> Excuse me, knocking my mic. They just left me there. And I had to like order another cab and pay for it by myself to go home. And they were like, you were being a dick. And I was like, really upset and betrayed. And I was like, my friends betrayed me. Rah! You know, 
And it was just one of those moments I look back on now and it's like, of course they did. You're being a total asshole. Yeah, yeah. But this, and there's also that aspect that I get out of the relationship between Bojack and Peanut Butter and stuff is that as performers, we're always measuring our success based on those who are doing better than us. You know, we very rarely compare our success to people who aren't doing as well as us. So the the line of what we want to achieve is always being pushed slightly further away. So if we're not careful, we never really reach that point of being content. Well, I certainly was like that in my early 20s. I feel like I'm much more realistic now. And, you know, my ability to be happy isn't compared to other people's. But I find that with Bojack is he's constantly moving. You know, it's that whole thing from extras where Andy Millman will, you know, never be famous enough. Or when he's successful, it's not the right kind of successful. Or he's not recognized by the right kind of people. And, you know, that all adds to an industry that is filled with some pretty miserable people. Yeah, I guess if you're the kind of person to go seeking constant validation through your actions. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's essentially what acting is for a lot of people. So, I mean, that pretty much takes us to the end of the episode. And they have the party and Bojack throws up a bunch of candy floss, which (laughs) really brings something new to the throwing up all over people gag. And that's 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 pretty much it. So And then the final shot is like a zoomed out shot of how much candy floss has <laughs> actually vomited off the side of his dick. Yeah. <laughs> to remind you after all that that you are watching a cartoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So and an incredible first episode, because first episodes are often really hard. And although yeah. there's some bits and pieces that obviously change over time, like Todd and, and things like that, I think overall probably a a, a solid episode of T V. So that's how that's what we think of it and that's how yeah that's how it uh that's how it speaks to us yeah so um, so have a watch yourself and let us know what you think yeah do let us know what you think i guess we'll set up some kind of communication social media thing a facebook page or a reddit or um, a, or a, a uh, 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 space you can find us we're bojack horse friends uh, that's Bojack Horse Friends, one word, and find us somewhere. We haven't figured it out yet. If you can't find us, wait till the next episode, and maybe we'll have some more, more uh, solid things. Yeah. So uh, I've been Ben Moore. And ben I, Moore. I, I continue to be Ashton Brown. Unfortunately. Yeah. All right. We'll catch you All next right. time. Bye. Bye.